1: Splitterati. Are you ready to dive deep into our ancestry? (laughs) We are here today to learn from a doctor on why restoring the feminine is an act of sacred responsibility and returning to the cycles of nature is an act of love. In her book, she takes us on a journey to explore the sacred interconnectedness between our soil and ourselves, seamlessly weaving the science of our broken carbon cycle and the oppression of the divine feminine into a powerful tapestry of hope and resilience. Please welcome the author of Grounded, a fierce feminine guide to connecting with the soil and healing from the ground up, Dr. Erin Eugene McMorrow. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Welcome. Thank you so much. This is.
0: I'm so excited for and for Clitorati, This is Lindsay. I know I sound like a like a horse
1: right now. I'm a little bit under the weather, but nothing will keep me away from you guys. <laughs> I'm um, keeping her on on the production schedule. So sorry, Lindsay. <laughs> I went on vocal rest just so I could do this for you, fuckers.
0: <laughs> um, uh, no, this is such a what a. I love the connection between you know Earth and the femininity. Can you tell? our listeners a little bit about your background and how this like concept for the book even came to you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Um, it came very strangely. I, it's never anything I thought I would be doing. Um, I got a PhD in urban planning and sustainability. So I was focusing on sustainability plans. I was looking at climate change. I thought I would work for a city or do something like that for the rest of my life. Um, and I graduated in 2013. And... And at the time, I was I was starting to get into urban gardening, which was how I ended up um, like co creating this organization that's now Kiss the Ground. It's a nonprofit committed to um, soil carbon sequestration and spreading the message. But at the time, I had never heard of soil carbon sequestration at all, um, and all of this stuff about the divine feminine and sexuality and goddesses like I knew nothing. Nothing about it. I really just was looking at climate change stuff. And then right around that 2013 moment was sort of this like spiritual breakdown where all of my plans, all of the the job, I thought I was going to get the place I thought I was going to live. It all just totally fell apart. And I ended up just being really burnt out. And I went to Bali for yoga teacher training. And that turned out to be one of the best decisions I've ever made. And it it's was, it was very Eat, Pray, Love, like it's very classic breakdown. Um, and it was where I started getting into yin yoga and, and just the concept of the yin. And so that was where I was introduced to this notion of, of the feminine, like of the receiving of the darkness of the slowing down and having been in academia, like higher education for 10 solid years. It was just, um, I was very much in my head. It was very out of my body, even though I had been an athlete when I was younger, everything was just kind of like being a machine and achieving and Whatever, getting these grades, getting this job—I was on that track and slowing down uh, to the point where I really had to find this spiritual connection because I was—I was breaking down trying to be that machine. Um, was where the nexus came, and at that point, I had already heard of the soil. It took me another four years of writing the book to even put it together that the divine feminine, um, that the soil is the oldest divine feminine metaphor, which I didn't know when I started, mm-hmm. um, but that ended up being this incredible aha moment and almost like a palm to the forehead moment. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I have been writing about the soil and the divine feminine, but the way that that piece goes, literally it's like you part the soil, you plant the seed, you know, into the soil, cover the soil and in the darkness, life gestates, just like the womb, and then at some point, life is born, and that's the, the part of the seed metaphor. It's part of the um, cycles of the moon metaphor, the harvest, the cycles of nature. It's all, it's all the womb metaphor. It's all the divine feminine metaphor. So it's the life that comes from the darkness. And so the lo- the short story long, or the long story short, is that in that moment, in that aha moment, it was like, oh, I've actually been finding the. Great mother concept this whole time, and that's where this like spiritual connection came from from a very academic place. But it took major breakdown and spiritual awakening and upheaval to to get to the yin.
0: Wow! And the yin the so the soil is something that they 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 that concept is something in in yin yoga is where you learned it.
2: Well, it was the metaphors were starting to weave their way into it. So it was sort of like the releasing, like the darkness where it's like, if we fixate on the young, if we fixate on the sun, like we will burn out, you know, it's meant to be in equal balance all the time. And, um, and then also realizing that the yin was so, um, let's like undervalued, you know? So if it's like young, 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 like achieve, achieve, achieve capitalism, whatever it is, you know, it's like a getting like going, um, we burn out. And also we completely lose, we lose track of that, that yin connection, that sort of like Mm -hmm. the resting, the life that is necessary. And like people talk about the sun being the source of life, but the womb is every bit as much as of a source of life, right? Under the soil is every bit like the forest floor. There's so much life there. So it's just that our culture in so many ways has forgotten. And that was the kind of full circle that I took.
0: Oh my God. I can so relate to that. It's like, Especially when I was younger, I could just go, 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 go. And I was so driven. And as I get older, I need these gestation periods where I can just be in my room, maybe for an entire day and not talk to anybody. <laughs> um, and so now, um, which I think is so amazing. I love that you started to the spiritual connection with the academic. That's such a unique story. And I love this story so much. Um, so let's get a little science-y since that is that is a huge part of your background. <clears throat> you talk about broken carbon cycles. <laughs> Can you tell us how broken carbon cycles, first of all, what the heck are they, and how it connects to the oppressed divine feminine?
2: Yeah. So, so again, like when I went to my PhD program, I went through an entire six years and never heard about soil, which is fascinating because it's such a big part of the climate change conversation now, but that was just kind of emerging. And it's actually part of the work um, from that group that I got involved with was doing. Um, And it was basically that, There's all of this life under the soil, and also the soil is an incredible carbon sink. And so, um, what it had us look at is that the carbon cycle is a cycle, just like all the cycles of nature. Rather than this fixation on essentially emissions, like there's is really just one piece of the puzzle. And there's also this connection that the way we're doing industrial agriculture and the way we're doing our food in Western culture is killing the essential life in the soil on all sorts of levels. So, like overtilling, pesticides, and all of this stuff—it's like this giant war on the microbial life, and like even our unconsciousness, our, our not knowing about the microbial life in the soil and how important it is to our food and to everything else. I came to learn that um, that microbial life is part of what helps the plants barter carbon from the air through their bodies, like into the soil and the soil can actually sink the carbon. And so there's like, there's the land part of the carbon cycle, roughly like kindergarten level, the land part, the air part and the water part. And right now we know there's way too much carbon in the atmosphere and way too much carbon in the oceans because the oceans are also absorbing that extra carbon and we're losing carbon from the soil. Like it's actually going out of the soil where the truth is that the soil loves carbon and that the soil needs carbon and that plants love carbon. And so what we need is not to just sort of fix the emissions problems. And I'm air quoting, like, it's not just about this driving cars or whatever it is. It's like, there's a much bigger cycle. There's a cyclical story here. And that leads me to the idea of like all of the cycles of nature. So again, we get all the way back around to when we zoom out, it's like the broken part of that cycle is, in fact, the soil. And then and then from this point, I was like, how in the hell did we, how has every expert in the world been looking at this problem, right, climate change, and not noticed this? How did I get through six years of a PhD focusing specifically on these sort of climate change problems and literally learn nothing about soil? And I was like, this is a crazy psychological blind spot, like something Bananas is here, and that's what led me, strangely enough, to the to the goddess stories and to the mm. the ancient story of the great mother and to this soil metaphor, this divine feminine metaphor. And as I got deeper and deeper into that, and I kept doing this like somatic body work and this healing within my own balance, and then also stumbling onto the tantric path. So now we're talking about the masculine and the feminine, and being like, oh, you know, I see. It's like we have over um, focused on the masculine and even like the toxic masculine. So this whole conversation about you know the patriarchy and then um, completely not just ignored but we've gotten to the point where we've actually kind of like blacked out like we kind of culturally, it's a blind spot. Like there's the, the oppression part is where it gets really interesting where it's like the great mother was the great goddess all over the world for all of time. And is in so many cultures. Yeah. So just for,
0: just for any of our listeners who don't know, can you speak a little bit to what exactly the great mother is and, and how that impacts like the disconnection from her and the impact that, that has on our bodies and our sexuality in terms
2: yeah, thank you. I mean, that. so it's back to that, that divine feminine metaphor of like parting the soil and the womb and the seed. It's like, it's always been understood for all of humans all, all over the world that like this sacred, ancient mystery of the womb medicine, right? And the fact that like life gestates in the darkness, like that is the yin. And that's been part of um, goddesses that take different names. So in ancient Greece and pre-Hellenic Greece, it was Hera. And this is where we get that disjuncture and that suppression of the feminine. What it is, is um, the patriarchal rewrite of these stories. So at some point in history, about 5,000 years ago, in many places in the world, in particular, like, Greece and pre-Hellenic Greece. Um, there's a. I, I say that the basically the ego took over. If you want, in like basic spiritual terms, and there's no specific people or person to point to, but whenever that ego took over and started to believe that there could be something like private property, ownership of the land, ownership of the people, ownership of bodies, um, the great myths started to be rewritten. And they all involved um, dismembering and disconnecting and forgetting and disempowering and even attacking this great mother. So in pre-Hellenic Greece, what happened was Zeus got written in. So Hera was a triple moon goddess. So it was like in Mother Crone, which is the ancient way that honors the cycles and the cycles of menstruation and, you know, all of these things, the cycles of the harvest. And Zeus got written in and he was um, like, he wasn't there before. <laughs> she was the great so, mother. So basically, you know, yeah, like, yeah,
0: like God kind of, you know, I know this is a broad generalization. Right. In you know, commonly is known as him or like he, right, like very right. masculine. And so you're saying yeah. in these ancient Greek and times, there was the great mother was like the sort of the god for everybody, and then right. they switched it to, to Zeus. That's fascinating,
2: right? The great creatrix, the great like the 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 mother that births all things. um Yeah, and he also was written as a rapist and a shapeshifter, and she was rewritten as um, the. Uh, what is it? So like she was the the bitter wife and she never left mm. the she never left the partnership, but she struck out at other women. So we have this incredibly deep other woman wound that I write about a lot in the book for me and my own journey. I was like, whoa, you start to dig into these um, like our own psychological things going on in our own stories and our own journeys and bump into these uh, really, really old, ancient sort of disjunctures and it's like oh wow like the the base uh story of western culture is a rape myth and it's like well we you know in so many levels we live in a rape culture and so many of us are dealing with when we're working with something as sacred as spirituality and the balance of the masculine and feminine so many of us are first working through so many of our Belief systems that have come from this massive disjuncture.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We've talked about that like a lot on this show. And so you talk a lot about, um, how to transform our connection to that, right? And like you found, you know, co- the connection to the soil and actually healing from the ground up. How can we start to do that? And what is the connection to the soil that us layman's can take it and use it in our own lives. How do we get connected <laughs> to the soil, Erin? <laughs> yeah.
2: um, well, I love to tell people how simple it is. That's one of the best things. Like, I literally just went to the Sequoias this past weekend because with the book launch and all kinds of other stuff, my my own life has been really bananas for a while. And mm-hmm. it's interesting to be like delivering the medicine of groundedness and then also be moving and grieving and having an incredible life upheaval and launching and being public and all these things so it always gets back to like literally taking your shoes off putting your feet on the soil like that has um it has like really basic sciences in there but i feel like the spiritual connection is the most important part it's really Mm -hmm. like um as much as it connects our sort of electromagnetic field with what I call the great mother, it's also just this sense of um, being home that we're all just sort of, we're so disconnected from the land itself. It's really hard to mm, talk about and think about things like connecting to our food and connecting to our food system when we're so far away ourselves. So that's one. And then, and if we can, like finding our way to a place that has um, natural ecosystems that haven't been so disrupted, because I feel like there's something very special about, say, the sequoias or, you know, even Joshua trees, doesn't have to be trees, but like ecosystems that we can connect to. Um, And that's sort of, I I talk about in the book, the the really basic concept of the root chakra, which is like this root healing is uh, just connecting that way and then connecting to food and things like this and just being in our bodies, just calling ourselves into our bodies, doing like really simple breathing and grounding meditations, like feel the bottoms of our feet, you know, on the earth. Um, Excuse me, it can seem Very, very simple, but it's actually uh, incredibly profound and really worthwhile to do day over day.
1: I'm I'm seeing so many parallels of like going to look at the carbon cycles and the divine feminine and the microbial life that you talked about with the carbon cycles and the microbial life, like literally in our vaginas of being pumped out of like... Douching and all this different types of stuff that actually throws us out of balance. And then, um, and then Mama Gina talked so much about Hera and Zeus's story and these great goddess archetypes. And I just see so much connectedness to, um, our, signature masterclass. We have this sex and empowerment signature masterclass. And I want to read this quote from your book because this is what really, I saw the connection. Our disconnection from our bodies, from the earth, from the great mother and goddess archetypes is literally killing us. The way back home is back into ourselves, our inner work that creates our ability to express outward solutions necessary and co-create together. And this this is the one that reminds me about our course. Finding our sacred sexuality reconnecting to our true power, maintaining healthy boundaries, and communicating honestly is the way to healing our planet in time. So I just, it's just so, so beautifully written. And we have just been seeing, teaching women how to reconnect with their bodies and really mm-hmm. honor their sacred sexuality. And we've been able to watch their lives completely transform. And I, w- we do really believe that being in touch with your sexuality does create a better planet, a better life, a happier world. And, um, and I, just, I just wanted to point out all those parallels that I just saw. Not to mention, when I went to nursing school, it's like, how is there no sexuality class? Like, I didn't have <laughs> any education in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's great, Katie. hmm
2: No, that's incredible. I actually, it's fascinating. Um, and I haven't talked about this publicly yet, but, um, I just went through a bunch of medical paperwork for, for legal reasons. And I looked back, uh, I was looking back at 2007 to 2013, um, when I was in graduate school, and I realized that I was having all of these symptoms. That this is before I was really communicating with my body because I didn't know that was a thing. Really like listening to listening to my intuition, also like listening to symptoms, like listening to mm-hmm. um, the metaphorical, the spiritual relationships between things like UTIs. When I finally looked it up, it was like, oh, it means you're pissed, like you're pissed. Yeah, stuff. Right. Literally, and I was having like a UTI every time I had sex. I was having pain during sex. I was also having like crazy allergies and all sorts of things. And it's because I was in a, a really unhealthy relationship that really wasn't serving me. And I was mm-hmm. overriding that over and over again. And then I was going to, um, a gynecologist who unfortunately turned out to be like a predator. And this is like, I found this out years later, which is why oh I'm in a legal God. situation. I know. So I was like, I look back at that time on my life and I, didn't know part of it is that, like, I wasn't even aware of this. I was going from not being able to relate to my body, going to a medical system that not only was not helping <laughs> me, but was actually adding more harm. And and I was getting antibiotics for the UTI, so I was bombing oh. my gut, so I was bombing mm-hmm. the microbiome, and then I would get a yeast infection because it was affecting my microbiome yeah. and like the balance. And I didn't know there was an alternative. Like, that was a life changer when I found out that you can take all sorts of other things for UTIs if they're not very extreme. Um, and also like all of those allergies and things was my body trying to tell me something and uh, Western medicine. And as that is, as amazing things come from Western medicine. In that case, it was really not helpful for this sort of um, the connection to our intuition, to what our body is saying and to the divine. Like part of this story is also uh, that disconnection from the great mother and that disconnection from our sexuality. Like our sexuality is our, direct connection to spirit. So when that like great God in the sky thing was written, it disconnected us and put people in between and put either priests or, you know, whatever, like go between people mm. there are. And so that's part of this, that that story of like why we, um, in so many ways have gotten disconnected from this incredibly powerful magic. And on top of that, like working with the menstrual cycle and these sorts of things, I only started like three years ago and it's, completely life altering to work with the magic of the, of the menstrual cycle. So wait. So what do, do you do? What, what do you me
0: do, me do exactly? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the earth. Earth. Let's
2: not <laughs> blaze past this. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
2: um, yeah. I was like, I don't, I didn't know if you guys already talked to so much about this, but, um, but first I learned that there are four phases of the menstrual cycle, which I didn't know. Cause part of also looking at these medical records was, um, I was on the pill the whole time or on the ring or whatever. And so I was on hormones, which was, um, in my case, really disconnected me also from that cyclical nature. Like I, it was very flat. I felt I didn't feel a big difference between the different parts of my cycle. Mm. And, um, I stopped actually right before I went to Bali and started doing energy work and I started, and I started to really be able to feel and sense in. And so for each, um, For each of the four seasons, it's basically like spring, summer, fall, winter. So winter is the bleed, um, and it's the release, and it's the shedding, and that's also the yin. It's the place where we rest. It's the place where we're incredibly psychic. We're incredibly magical. And then the fall, working backwards, is um, is uh, like the veils are starting to get thinner. You know, we're starting to go in. We're still very sharp in particular ways, but that time is incredibly sacred. And again, our culture, like poo-poos it, like which we have to hide our menstrual cycle at all and then um, wonder why women are feeling terrible in the fall phase, but it's because we're culturally not honoring that time. Like that time is when we get quiet. That time is when we slow down. And if we're blazing past it, like we're going to be pissed off and feel terrible because there's something happening there that's trying to get through. And then you go back spring and summer. So summer is when is ovulation. And it's when we are sort of, that's the time to do public speaking when we have a lot of energy, you know, to like go out in your sexy dress and all of this. And then, and spring is just that kind of opening that coming out of winter. And so when I started to move with these things because you can actually um, and I'm blessed to have like a freelance lifestyle so I've been able to move my schedule around it I block off my period um, I treat it as sacred the power of that is so incredible and there's like there's all there's a whole line of stuff um, Lisa Lister I think it's Code Red is her book is a wonderful book is like a primer for that if people are new to this and also people who don't bleed or people who don't um, either like postmenopausal or anything like that you can um, sync up with the moon and you can still be in a cyclical nature. The way that that's affected my work life, my productive, like air quotes, productivity is completely different from that linear system. And it's just been, it's been magical.
3: Hey, Clitorati, we wanted to take a quick minute to share about our Patreon. You know, we absolutely love being able to create weekly episodes and continue to normalize our message of pleasure on earth. Our Patreon is a monthly subscription
1: crowdfunding platform that allows us here at Clit Talk to have the flexibility to expand our message
3: without having to worry about how it's going to financially impact us personally. We are committed to expanding and creating new and exciting things like live events and a safe VIP community so you can share and be heard in real time. So if Clit Talk makes a difference
0: for you and you'd like to connect with us on a whole new behind the scenes level, please consider supporting our Patreon. Your support makes a huge difference for us so we can make a difference for you. You know that at Clip Talk, we have made a promise to only represent products that we authentically believe in and would personally use ourselves. That's why we're so excited to share Dr. Christy Funk's supplements with you. She's my mom's breast cancer doctor and is guiding my entire family to make better lifestyle choices to go with our genetics. I started using them myself, and I love the fact that I know that they were created by a doctor who has personally put in the research, so I know it's a quality
3: product that I'm putting in my body. I mean, I'm all about biohacking health, and I love to know that I can just have a cocktail and then take one of her Cosmo Companion supplements to offset the negative effects...
1: I'm super excited for her multi-must-have. It's just like an awesome multivitamin. So Clit Talk signed up as an affiliate so that our Clitorati can get 10% off. So if you go to clittalkshow.com backslash discounts and just go there and get your discount.
0: Because we're all going to be using them and so should you.
1: Boom. You're
2: welcome. And there's also, I mean, this gets kind of out there into like earth witchiness, but like we love leading that. into the earth and like, like I don't know if, you, if you've if you talked about this or anything, but feeding no. the plants, like, yeah, giving back to the earth, like, Like if you use a diva cup or something like that, um, I I save mine literally in a sacred urn and I take it out to the plants of the earth where I am and like talk to the plants and like, because it's nourishment. And this has also been done for all of time. It's like we, women were the keepers of the sacred dance with the harvest. I bet you have the best roses on the street. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. And it's a reminder of that microbial life, right? It really, it's a direct connection. The womb, like our microbial life and the microbial life in the soil.
0: Well, and so let me ask you this. It's so inspiring wow. that you've, you have the freedom with the type of work you do that you've been able to sync up your life wow. to your menstruation. Do you have any advice for, you know, maybe someone who has a nine to five that doesn't have yeah. that luxury? Is there anything that we can do to at least assist in, in this ethos and this idea of like, you know, taking time for ourselves? Like self care is, yeah. is such a huge thing that our listeners are always looking for ways to like connect to that.
2: Yeah, I would certainly like, um, just look at the calendar ahead of time for one thing. So know when your cyclists are coming and aim to whatever degree possible. Because sometimes it's it's not as possible for me, but yeah. um, you can sort of load up more during the, if you can, if you can do like an extra hour a day or something during your summertime. And when you really, when you have that energy, you can go get it. And then also if you can aim, let's say if you have the privilege of childcare or something like that, or friends and family that helps support, like during winter is a really great time to ask for that support. You know, maybe so. Winter
0: winter's when you're actually bleeding. Uh huh. And yeah. fall is like right before you bleed right before. when you're like a raging biatch. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Or you're in, I mean, ideally, it's like I really slow down. I turn down all my meetings. And because we are so psychic during that time, like that's when I get my downloads. And so, What I find is that when I'm getting those downloads, I I skip steps because I'm not cranking every day. I can hear things. So I get a business idea that skips like three months of work. You know, and like that's how that magic works. It's like not one-to-one time. It's like, if we work with the cycle, we actually get more out of it.
0: All right. So Katie and
3: Sugar, we need to figure out how I've, to sync up our, our menstrual what?
1: cycles so we can we be need... more productive with Clip Talk.
3: Yeah. We need to infuse <laughs> this
1: into our business planning.
3: You know, it's so interesting because I'm just... I'm, this is Sugar here and I'm just having this thought. We're so privileged to have our own company. We, the three of us, our partners, we're sister goddess activists. We, mm. we got the opportunity to create and design our own clit corporate culture. You know, and and like what I'm present to is that's not the norm. Mm-hmm. Most people work these nine to fives. The patriarchy has found its way in most work environments, I would say, for the most part, and speaking to like corporate life. Mm-hmm. And this would not this is not a fucking thing in that paradigm. You know, like I'm imagining a woman being like, so supervisor, boss, you know, I'm my menstrual cycle's coming up in a couple of weeks. And I just wanted to take the yeah. week off. Like Right. and it i wish it was like that right and so but i'm just yeah. looking at this these two paradigms and like how we could be you know where we are is currently you know so i feel like a boss would be like are you fucking kidding me deal with it we'll see you at work you're not taking a week off for your period right mm-hmm. right. right so i just wanted to 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 point that out because yeah not everybody has that opportunity and right. i feel like it's that conversation is such a spark to shift the paradigm Within the existing paradigm. Because oftentimes it's kind of easy to be like, we're in a new paradigm. Mm -hmm. We have all these transformational tools and like, we forget about the existing paradigm. But like the big difference is like going into, I feel like mainstream Mm -hmm. and bringing this conversation into the places where it's really needed. Like, I feel like Fortune 500 companies, if the day that this is a thing and... Fourteen hundred <laughs> companies where women can take off meetings for their period is like a day I hope to see. You know, before the end of yeah. my time,
0: maybe we'll yeah. go in as click consultants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> ah. that would be a great course. Bring this concept to them. <laughs>
1: yeah. I do use the app Clue to track my menstrual mm-hmm. cycle. So I do I know too. When it's coming yeah. up are not, not, not affiliated, affiliated with them. <laughs> <it>. Not affiliated, <laughs> but I do use it. I do use I Clue, too. It.
3: Honestly, my husband knows my menstrual cycle more than I do. He was so sweet. We, I was going to Hawaii um, in the spring, in May. And he's like, babe, don't forget your tampons. You're supposed to menstruate on your last couple of days you're there. Oh, my God. That's a good <laughs> husband right there. <laughs> I know. It was really good. Was like, <laughs> That's right. funny. And he was right. I got it on the last day of my... <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah.
2: So... Yeah, I- Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Erin. I was just, what came to mind when you were saying that also is um, it directly relates to childbearing as well and child rearing. So we're looking at, you know, um, paid time off or um, mm-hmm. the, the first three months, the 40 days, the way that um, we're back to the great mother. It's like we're a society that like almost literally disrespects the mother at, from a, from an institutional perspective where it's like, why know. is it so hard to honor like this most basic primal central piece of being human um, it's, it's baked into our systems. And so it really is um, critical. I think for that untangling of patriarchy where it's piece by piece, or it's not just like, oh, we can check the whole thing at one time. It's like, how can we, uh, have these conversations enter? And I do know it has, um, like many of the small businesses, the solopreneurs around me, um, have started this conversation and are actively implementing it to the point where it's almost, I mean, I, I'm realizing what a bubble I'm in, but in all the like earth, which things, it's like, if you're not synced mm-hmm. to your cycle, like, it's kind of like, wait, what, <laughs> like, that would be like, oh my goodness. So it's sort of the other, it's like, okay, so how, um, how does that conversation happen where we integrate um, not just from like a policy fighting point of view or something like that around childbirth, for example, but like, how can we support our sisters? How can we support um, because we don't have the same kind of tribal and communal setups, you know, Mm -hmm. from ancient times, like how do we do that?
0: Yeah. Like what would it take to sister goddess activism um, to really start living a more created life, you know, where we do have those freedoms. Um, You know, that's always something we're looking to create here on clit talk and everything Mm -hmm. like that um and um thank you so much for coming on aaron and i know that you have tons of um exercises and, and tangible things to do inside of your book do you have one that's like a simple one that you love that you do regularly
2: Yeah, just like a meditation or like the things, because two things come to mind. One is just a simple grounding meditation that I can guide us through if we want to do that. Um, And then also the other one, and we haven't gotten into it, but composting, which seems like so like not sexy in the world of like sexual exploration, but it's such a simple thing that actually keeps us connected to our food and where it goes. And also it's literally like giving back. So the same Mm. way there's that connection with the menstrual cycle, giving back to the soil, that's what compost is, you know, it's that like there's no such thing as extracting which is actually the same metaphor you can't extract from people who give birth you can't extract from like workers like our whole system is to extract where it's like no no everything in nature is cyclical everything like she the great mother gives to us we receive and then we give back so that's that's sort of the basis of all of my practices and things like that
0: do you have worms in your
2: compost Um, I personally don't have a worm (laughs) compost bin right now, (laughs) but we We actually have chickens. So they eat a lot of stuff. And then like in LA, the green bin will do, you know, stuff like that as well, or community garden. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Oh, I think I like that.
0: I could take on composting. Um, and, and definitely like, why would you put worms in the
1: compost? Did they eat it?
2: Yeah, they eat oh. and they... Whatever they poop Sorry. is incredibly helpful for Really the soil. good for the soil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like worm castings. People, you can buy worm castings at um, garden stores and things like that. Yeah. So yeah, it, the worms are really important.
0: Yeah, they really make a difference. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, amazing. So Erin, remind our listeners the name of your book, where they can find you and connect to you um, and and how they can learn about, you know, everything that you have to offer.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Um, so it's called grounded, a fierce feminine guide to connecting with the soil and healing from the ground up. Um, publisher sounds true, but you can get it on Amazon or anywhere books are sold. Um, it's also, if you want to support indie bookstores, I guess it's bookshop.org is the best one to support indies or just go into your local indie bookshop. Um, my name, you can find me by my name pretty much anywhere, but it's aaronmcmorrow.com is my website and I'm most active on Instagram. So it's dr.aaronmcmorrow.
0: Perfect. And we'll have all your links in our show notes as well. Um, well, thank you, Dr. Aaron McMorrow, for coming on. Um, you've given us a lot to ruminate on, and I definitely want to go stick my feet in the soil. It makes me want to go camping more. Um, I'm excited to bleed in
1: my garden. I
0: know. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I do use like a diva cup situation. I'm like, wonder what that would do. Um, yeah, I definitely want to try that. Um, thank you so much for coming on, and thank you for... Making the connection between the science and the, and the spiritual feminine. I think we definitely need more pioneers like you out there making these connections and bringing it to us in such a tangible way that we can remember who, like your commitment, I just, it is totally to have us remember who we are, like rooted in our truth versus grasping at it which is so amazing and we thank you for that (laughs)
2: Mm, thank you so much it's been such a pleasure and thank you for all the work you do I love everything you're putting out there it's just so inspiring and uh, I'm I'm excited to see everything else you put out amazing
1: amazing all right Pussy. 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 pussy 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 (laughs) (laughs)
0: We'll see you next Tuesday, Clitorati. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Clit Talk. Be sure to visit clittalkshow.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover our fantastic bonus content. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram,
2: at clittalkshow, for your clit fix in between episodes.